Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskang Today. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 18%, which is slightly behind the five-year average of 23%. James Fry, who is with Manitoba Agriculture in Roblin, will fill us in on how harvest is going in our neighboring province. The weekly cattle market update from Canfax has been released. Provincial Cattle Specialist Fonda Froats will be on the program today. The Statistics Canada released its crop production estimates yesterday. And Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, dove into the numbers. And he was a little surprised by what he found. And the Yorkton Brick Mill Heritage Society has received a major financial boost from the federal government. We'll hear from their capital campaign chair, Terry Tyson. And, of course, it's week three of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper tonight, and we had quite a few entries, and we'll hear from our winner coming up on the program. So all of those stories and much more on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Priestville Salvage. See them for new and used ag parts. Beef and Forage Report. Saskatchewan cattle numbers followed the national trend lower according to July 1st figures released by Statistics Canada. There were 2,495,000 head of cattle in Saskatchewan on July 1st, down 25,000 head from the 2,520,000 tallied on July 1st, 2022. Most of the lower numbers were on the beef side. Statistics Canada says there were 23,300 fewer beef cattle in Saskatchewan over the 12-month period, with only a 1,700 head decline for dairy cattle. The provincial beef cattle herd on July 1st was 2,446,000, with the dairy cattle coming in at 48,900 head. There was a 2.4% drop in the number of beef cattle on cow-calf operations. The July 1st, 2023 estimate was 1,962,200, for a drop of 48,400. 
A lot of that decline came in cow numbers, which were 923,500 head, a decline of 37,600 from July of 2022. Beef heifers saw a much smaller decline at 7,800 head for a total population of 156,000. Looking at the other two prairie provinces, in Manitoba, the provincial cattle herd was estimated by StatsCan at an even 1 million head, a decline of 5,000. The dairy herd increased by 1,600 to 77,700 head, while the beef herd was 6,600 lower at 922,300. The total number of cattle on Manitoba cow-calf operations was 710,600, down 7,400 from July 1, 2022. There were 11,800 fewer beef cows in Manitoba at 345,900. The number of heifers on cow-calf operations was down 1,700 for a total of 59,700. In Alberta, the total cattle population on July 1st, 2023 was 5,255,000, a drop of 125,000. Like Saskatchewan, the beef herd took the biggest hit, down 128,600 head for a total population in Alberta of 5,078,300 a head. The Alberta dairy herd was 176,700 head, or an increase of 3,600 head. The number of cattle on cow-calf operations was 2,803 head, a decrease of 52,900 from the previous year. The number of beef cows on cow-calf operations in Alberta recorded a slight increase of 5,200, for a total of 1,367,500. The total number of heifers was steady at 265,400. Statistics Canada released its July 1st cattle inventory report last week. And that's today's beef and forage report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, Agri-Review. Saskatchewan's Minister of Agriculture will take on added responsibility for the Provincial Water Security Agency, or WSA, following a cabinet mini-shuffle. Premier Scott Moe named David Merritt as Minister Responsible for the WSA. The province set up the WSA in 2012 to handle most of the provincial government's water management responsibilities, including oversight of water supplies, protection of water quality, safety of drinking water, and treatment of wastewater, as well as ownership and management of 72 dams and related water channels. The WSA isn't to be confused with Sask Water, the Crown-owned water utility, which provides water, water treatment, and wastewater services to several communities rural pipeline groups, and industrial and commercial users. A government report shows Canadian farmers will harvest less wheat than expected after dry conditions in parts of the Prairie Provinces shrunk yields. Drought is expected to send global wheat stockpiles for major exporters to the lowest levels in more than a decade. 
Canada is the world's fourth largest wheat exporter and the biggest shipper of canola, which is used largely to produce vegetable oil. Statistics Canada estimates all wheat production at 29.5 million metric tons, the second lowest in eight years, and down 14% from last year. The estimate fell below the average industry expectation of 30.4 million in a Reuters survey. Statistics Canada showed a mostly tightened outlook for Canadian pulses in its first model-based supply and demand estimates for the 2023-24 marketing year. StatsCan has released those projections, which largely presented a reduction in yields due to ongoing dry conditions on the prairies. As of July 31st, Canadian dry field pea output was estimated at 2.191 million metric tons, a 36% decline from the 2022-23 total and its lowest yearly figure in 20 years. Lentils showed a similar decline, producing 33.2% less at 1.537 million metric tons, its lowest total since 2009. Dry bean production was pegged at 269,934 metric tons, compared to 312,994 last year, while hitting a seven-year low. Meanwhile, soybean production was expected to see a 2.9% increase from last year at 6.735 million metric tons. Chickpea production was slated for 3.6% growth, to 132,575 metric tons. Ukrainian farmers are not expected to reduce the area of winter wheat they sow for the 2024 harvest, despite higher logistics costs due to the wartime export crisis. Ukraine is a major wheat producer, and the demise of the Black Sea Corridor used to safely export grain during the war spurred speculation that farmers could sow less wheat because of shrinking profit margins due to costlier export routes. On Monday, the Agriculture Ministry quoted survey data as showing that farmers could indeed cut the area of winter wheat sowing while increasing the area of winter rapeseed for 2024 to a record high level. However, First Deputy Agriculture Minister Taras Vysotsky says that the possible reduction of winter wheat may total only 0.1%. An expected reduction in the overall winter grain sowing area would come at the expense of other grains, forecasting a drop of 5.4% in barley sowing this winter. Brazilian agriculture startup Solentec plans to accelerate deliveries of its farming robot in Brazil and in the United States. It's a sign of growing demand for precision agriculture tools in two of the world's largest food producers. Sold at a price of $50,000 U.S., the Solex Ag Robotics Unit can scout crops and monitor development of individual plants as well as target spray herbicide to save costs. Solinthec plans to deliver 40 units to customers this year and 250 next year in the U.S. and Brazil, up from 20 units delivered in 2022. The company says it can produce 1,600 units per year at two factories, one in Brazil and the other in the U.S. They say it's the first robot developed for large-scale farming. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford 
in Melville. And that's today's Ag Review. Please stay tuned. Saskang Today will return in two minutes' time. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly sunny with smoke and 26 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 18%, which is slightly behind the five-year average of 23%. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin, and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. Well, we're a little further behind uh, than the rest of the province, and that has to do really just with the fact that across the region we had uh, a pretty good shot of rain in in some areas. And, uh, you know, I guess we could also say that those other areas of the province have also been exceptionally dry. The central region in particular is already 31% done, but that's often because of the fact that they've just had so little moisture. Here in the northwest, uh, we've, you know, had the Paw, for example, had hardly any rain, only about 3.7 mils, which is just a a little skiff. But other areas uh, registered were around an inch. And uh, I can vouch that at least at my house, we had more like two inches. So it's uh, it's scattered across the area with, um, you know, even some reports of hail uh, in the Swan River area. You know, so that obviously would have slowed down harvest and, and kind of limited the amount of acres that could come off. When it comes to harvest progress, he says winter cereals are nearly complete. We're close to, you know, we say 99% kind of just means somebody out there still has a field somewhere. Um, But for all practical purposes, winter cereals are off the field. And uh, spring cereals are coming along too. Sort of uh, regionally, we could ballpark it at around 20% has been harvested already. Most of that is spring wheat, about 15%, and then barley and Oats, which of course are, are later maturing, are coming off as well. It's kind of around the 5% of that. And uh, and then peas, although um, the majority of field peas are, are ready to go, but uh, this damper weather or, um, you know, outright wet field conditions has uh, limited the number of acres that could come off. So that's standing around 60%. And all that brings us to around, uh, like I said, around a 9% total harvested so far. Fry says there's been some reports on how yields have been in northwest Manitoba. Still looking at pretty similar yield reports to uh, what we've seen last week. Um, for those winter cereals, we're, we're encouraged to see that, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, somewhere in the 50-60 mark for winter wheat and uh, higher 70, you know, as high as 70 or more for fall rye, which is encouraging. And uh, field peas, we see that those lighter soils or more rain-starved fields were in the 40 to 45 bushel mark, uh, whereas more typical now as we're seeing more acres come off is uh, we're seeing that 60, 70 bushel mark here in the northwest. So, of course, we kind of excel at, you know, we have great great growing conditions for field peas, so we often do see those, those high bushel yields, which is uh, encouraging. As far as canola goes, we're beginning to see some uh, desiccation and swathing going on. I haven't had any um, 
uh, reports of, of actual combining yet, but I do know that uh, you, you'll see them uh, swaths and, and you'll see uh, tire marks in the field. So harvest is not far off. He adds that there's still some pests in the canola crops. Yeah, you know, you'll if you're walking near or through the field, you'll hear the, the jumping of flea beetles for sure, uh, especially some of the later maturing crops, uh, which would still have enough green leaf material in there quite a lot of flea beetles so something to watch for i suppose if if your fields are uh, among those later maturing and in the report you'll see as well that there's at this point very very small amount but just about two percent of the fields that are even still in flowering stage so um chances are that the yield would not be top uh, notch anyhow in those fields but uh, flea beetles is not going to help at this point and as for forage and pasture conditions, yeah, we do see, of course, um, this rain is rain is always going to be welcome in a in a forage setting. But um, chances are, at this point, the rains that we do have uh, are are not going to meaningfully contribute to regrowth or extended grazing conditions in fields that have already been uh, rain starved. So, you know, we we would caution people still from from leaving animals out on pasture beyond the point where, where that's healthy for the pasture. And, uh, you know, one thing that we can say is that the rain is really giving a nice boost to some, some alfalfa growth. But as we have passed that roughly that August 15th mark for that sort of critical cutting period, um, we would caution against taking another cut now for alfalfa, even though it looks like it's growing well. Once a killing frost has come, producers could go in and either bale or put cattle out on there for a late season graze after that killing frost. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 180.05 today. That's down 142. December live cattle closed at 184.22, down 165. September feeder cattle closed at 252.62, down 140. October feeder cattle closed at 255.22, down 152. October lean hogs closed at 83.60, up 287. December lean hogs closed at 75.10, up to 27. And that's the livestock market conditions. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will be back right after this. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Statistics Canada released its crop production estimates yesterday. They project Saskatchewan's production of mustard seed to increase, but canola, spring wheat, durum wheat, Barley, lentils, dry field peas, oats, flaxseed, and canary seed are anticipated to decrease. Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, dove into the numbers and calculated the average net return of each crop using Saskatchewan estimated yields and the estimate of total cropping expenses from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture's Crop Planning Guide for 2023. What he discovered 
was quite shocking to him. And I find that with average yields, there's hardly anything that actually produces a positive net return per acre. The, the one exception is large green lentils at $66 an acre on the positive side, but many of the crops are a large negative. The StatsCan pegs the, the average barley yield at 44.4 bushels an acre. Uh, the price you can get right now for feed barley, FOB farm, depending where you are in the province, let's say it's 640 a bushel. So that's a gross of $284 an acre. But the SAS Ministry of Agriculture says your all-in expenses per acre are 545 which means a, a net loss of $261 an acre on feed barley. And that's, that's one of the ones with the largest net loss, but spring wheat is... is Pretty bad as well at $257 that I've calculated as a net loss using using these assumptions. So I was quite startled last year when I did the same exercise using average yields and prevailing prices. Everything showed, almost everything showed positive returns and sometimes very healthy positive net returns. Hirsch says the Stats Canada numbers are broad averages with some crop yields measured in bushels per acre and others in pounds per acre. Based on his calculations, the lone crop with a positive net return per acre was green lentils at $66, whereas red lentils are a loss of $127. The other only one that, that gets close to the plus side, and I've used brown mustard, as there's three types of mustard, but a, a pretty low yield of 573 pounds per acre, but the prevailing price right now is about 78 cents, so it has a loss of only $9. So it's it's the next best after large greens in, in this analysis. But I think everyone has the impression the grain industry is has been buoyant, has been profitable. Crop insurance has helped bridge the gap in 2021 and in 2022 in the dry areas. But I, when you look at these numbers, uh, with all the factors coming together, the grain industry looks like it's in a tighter situation than many of us have previously realized. Hirsch called the average price for red and green lentils a huge disparity. And red lentils have been increasing in price too. Uh, they they were only 34 or 35 not long ago, and they're 39, might even see a 40 cent bid. But the 60 cents for green lentils, you know, just sort of kicks it out of the ballpark as as far as returns per acre. And you see that also in, in the, the yellow and green peas. Yellow peas are worth 10, 10, 50 a bushel. Green peas worth $15 a bushel. Very similar yields, very similar costs. So it makes a green, land, a green peas, even, even though they're still a, a net loss per acre, they're still looking a lot better than yellow peas as far as their return. Hirsch says it's been quite some time since he has seen so many numbers in the negative. In, in other words, you, you needed to grow an above average crop in Saskatchewan to actually make any money. That's really what the, the numbers are telling us. If you only grew an average crop, or you grew a below average crop and were topped up by crop insurance, you're really probably not making any return per acre if you're really honest about all of the costs involved. That's Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, providing his observations on the Stats Canada crop production estimates released yesterday. It's time now for the Commodities Update, and that's a presentation 
of Ducks Unlimited Canada. DUC is offering a new winter wheat program package that will help with your crop's yield and water retention. The winter cereal program package comes with agronomic advice from seeding to harvest and more. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board today. November canola closed at 809.20, down $2.60. January canola closed at 814.80, down $3.60. September Minneapolis wheat closed at 748 and 3 quarters, down 7 cents. September Kansas City wheat closed at 719 and a quarter, up 4 and 3 quarters of a cent. September Chicago wheat closed at 576 and 3 quarters, up 7 cents. September corn closed at 461 and 3 quarters, down 7 and 3 quarters of a cent. September soybeans closed at 1381 and a quarter, down 3 quarters of a cent. September oats closed at 474 and 3 quarters, down 16 and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. The weekly cattle market update from Canfax has been released. Provincial cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, Fonda Froats, has the details on how feeder cattle prices did among others. Average prices for Saskatchewan feeder steers were established in all but the four to five hundred pound category. Prices were from four forty one sixty seven for the three to four hundred pound category to three ten seventeen for the nine hundred pound plus. The largest increase was in the five to six hundred pound steers and prices were up on average twenty seven fifty per hundred weight to end the week at three eighty one. And the largest decline was seen in the six to seven hundred pound steers with prices down on average three eighty eight per hundred weight to end the week at three forty. And prices for Saskatchewan heifers were actually up in all categories that were reported over the previous week, and they ranged from three ninety fifty for the three to four hundred pound heifers to two ninety one sixty three for the eight hundred plus pound category. And the largest increase there was in the four to five hundred pound heifers, with prices improving forty five twenty five per hundred weight on average to end the week at three eighty fifty. She outlines the factors affecting the feeder markets. Feeder cattle pricing is strong and much of this seems to be supply and demand. We know that we have a smaller supply and there will be competition for those calves. Other factors are the Canadian dollar, which continues to drop off, which is supportive. And in addition to that, the new crop uh, feed barley harvest is underway and with lower prices. And this is also supportive of the cattle market. Froats has the marketings in Saskatchewan for the week. Uh, the volume of Saskatchewan feeder cattle at auction was lower last week with Canfax reporting 2,730 head. Uh, and this is below the 7,607 that were marketed the week before. And as for market-ready cattle prices... Uh, sales volumes for the week ending August 25th were too light for Canfax to establish an Alberta fed steer price, but the market was said to be steady to weaker compared to the previous week where 
273 was the price established. And Alberta cow prices reported on the 25th were down compared to August 18th, and the price of D2 slaughter cows decreased on average 91 cents per hundredweight to average 149.42 per hundredweight, and the price of D3 cows was down 108 over the prior week to end the week, averaging 132.92 per hundredweight. Froats also comments on the latest Statistics Canada cattle numbers that I outlined during the beef and forage report. Yeah, so we continue to see less cattle, less cows, um, which translates to less calves. Probably the trend that stands out the most is lower breeding heifers, which were down 3.2% across Canada, but also Saskatchewan. But this is 600,000 less head and the lowest since 2010 across Canada. So this will contribute to lower numbers in the cow herd for years to come. These these heifers were put on to feed rather than retained uh, in order to grow or even maintain our cow herd. So that's one that we will see the impact. She notes she's concerned about the decline in Saskatchewan's cattle herd. Yeah, so uh, inside of that, the cows are down 2.6% year over year. And yeah, I would say it's a concern. Um, Someone who works in the industry, of course, we'd like to see this number grow. And we know that some producers are exiting the industry uh, due to the high cost of production, the drought, um, and the average age of these producers shows that, you know, they likely won't be back. So current prices... uh, Tell us it's a good time to exit, but it's also harder for new people to enter the industry. And sadly, there's no indication of that expansion as a result. So that's why it's not the best news. Fonda Froats is a provincial cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Please stay tuned. We'll announce our winner of GX94 Supper in the Field for tonight, coming up right after these messages. I for Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's week three of the harvest edition of GX94's Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks this fall. We had 349 entries yesterday, and I called our lucky winner this morning. Hello. Good morning. Is this Orrin? Yeah. Hey, Oren, it's Doug Falconer calling from GX94 Radio in Yorkton. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. The reason I'm calling you is we drew your name for supper in the field. Oh, no way. Are you going to be in the (laughs) field tonight? I hope so, as long as the rain stays away. Okay. Well, would we be able to bring you out some supper? I guess that would work, yeah. Or Knox Farms in the Grenfell area. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Jump.ca, Maple Ag and Outdoor, Farm Credit Canada, Milligan Bio, Gowan Canada, Sask Milk, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. It's now coming up on 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. 
Some smoke-filtered sunshine, winds southeast at 20 to 35, and a high of 27 degrees. For tonight becoming cloudy with a 70% chance of showers and possible thunderstorms, winds southeast at 15 to 25, and a low of 16. For tomorrow, a 60% chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, winds southeast becoming west-northwest at 10 to 20, a high of 21, an overnight low of 12. For Friday, sunny, winds west-southwest at 10 to 20, and a high of 24. For Saturday, mainly sunny, a high of 30, and Sunday, mainly sunny, a high of 27. In the Paw, Dauphin, Brandon, Show Lake, Russell, and Roblin, it's 25 degrees. Swan River is at 26. Regina, Saskatoon, and Indian Head are at 28 degrees. Hudson Bay, 23. Broadview, Mooseman, 25. Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 27. The Yorkton, Melville region has a mainly sunny sky with smoke in the air. A southeast wind at 33, gusting to 42 kilometers an hour. 51% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 26 degrees. With the humidex, it feels more like 29 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Sask Ag Today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Sask Ag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.